The podcast of Plastic is an initiative by the Break Free from Plastic movement. Hashtag Break Free from Plastic is composed of more than 13,000 organizations and individuals who envision a future free from plastic pollution. BFFP promotes common values of environmental protection and social justice. We acknowledge that to bring systemic change, we need to tackle plastic pollution across the whole plastics value chain. From the extraction of fossil fuels that serve as the feedstock of plastic, all the way to the disposal of plastic waste. Welcome to the podcast of Plastic. We don't sugarcoat things here. Our past episodes have brought us on roller coaster rides over and under, through dark tunnels before the nice breeze at the end. And now we're starting another ride. So buckle up. In this podcast, we talk about plastics, the truths, and the fallacies, especially the fallacies. We need to know these as consumers. We break down the solutions and want to know if they really are solutions. I'm your host, Antoinette Toss, and let me hold your hand as the roller coaster climbs up, because boy, oh boy, are we in for a ride. This podcast is inspired by the Emmy-awarded documentary, The Story of Plastic. If you haven't seen The Story of Plastic, it's truly an eye-opener, so don't miss out. Find out about the evils of plastics and, more importantly, what we can do to save our Earth from the plastic invasion. For more information on the story of plastic and Break Free from Plastic, go to www.breakfreefromplastic.org. Since the year 2020, when the pandemic dawned upon us, we have been very careful about what we bring home. For fear of bringing in the virus, we have foot baths, we change clothes as soon as we get home and take showers immediately so we don't bring germs into the house and so much more. And even with the things and items that we bring in or receive, we have food delivered, groceries delivered, we have everything delivered nowadays. We make the extra effort, though, to clean and disinfect everything as well. New normal, am I right? Well, we seem to be using a lot of plastic, sadly. Case in point, I notice, my heart is breaking, that coffee shops do not allow me to bring in and use my tumbler for my drinks anymore, whether it be for coffee, for my water, or anything else. But I always try. I still actually always try to convince them and ask them. But now they say that their SOP is to pour your drinks into new plastic to-go cups, disposable cups, single-use cups, essentially, They've even removed the cups that you can drink there for your actual use there, which made me very sad as well. And they say that this is because less surface contact, less exchange of things between hands is better. And they say that this is the new and better normal. But is it really? Now let's confirm this. I spoke to Ramon San Pascual, Executive Director of Healthcare Without Harm Asia, which is out to transform the healthcare sector worldwide without compromising patient safety or care. The most common means of uh, COVID uh, infection is through respiratory secretions or droplets that happens human to human. But does it happen uh, 
through surface contamination or what they call as a fomite. It does, but there is no uh, uh, definitive study that tells us how prevalent is that, simply because it doesn't, uh, it, it does not represent the most common means of uh, transmission. We'd like to ask you, what really are the rules on reusables and refilling? What people think that it is safer to use disposable is, is a myth, simply because you also do not know how people handle, uh, for example, disposable mug, disposable cup, or even the, uh, the cutlery. So it doesn't only refer to uh, reusable or the tumbler. Any surface that is potentially uh, infected, therefore, uh, if you if you even if you touch them, then don't touch your face. If the management still has this policy of not uh, allowing reusable or the tumbler, then communicate, engage with them, write them, send a feedback, uh, do a messenger note to them that this about that. It definitely is safer for you because you were the only one that touched it and prepared it. Whereas when you there are disposable items for other places or let's say single-use plastics from other uh, venues, we never know how many people have already touched those items itself. Aside from the fact that you mentioned already earlier that uh, transmission is really primarily through person-to-person exposure. What can we do now that everyone can be a part of? Continue to assert reusables, whether uh, your, your bag for shopping, your, your tumbler, your cutlery. Uh, we should keep on reminding the establishments, even our own food workers, that the way to go in terms of safety is to continue as well, protect our environment as we protect Uh, So what I'm saying is that it is in that daily practice, how you live out your own advocacy, that I think uh, you're able to change people and even organizations, restaurants that are just part of your environment, your society, of your community. So just live out your own advocacy. That's what I'm uh, saying. Thank you so much once again, Mon, for explaining things to us. And of course, ever since the virus, you know, things are scary and it's understandable to have developed new habits. But of course, because of what you've shared, it really allows us to take a step back and realize the harm that we could all be doing in the process. Now, we all have the opportunity to improve those habits. Planeteers, it's time to stop thinking that single-use plastics will keep us safe during the pandemic. Avoiding crowds, wearing masks, getting vaccinated, that will keep us safe, not single-use plastics. Reusables will save the earth. We don't have to choose between the two. We can keep safe and help the earth in her fight. We're also joined today by Mahesh Nakarmi, the Executive Director of Health, Environment and Climate Action Foundation, or HACAF 360, which promotes a clean, green, climate-smart healthcare system in Nepal. 
It's really, truly wonderful to have you with us today. Now, we'd like to ask you, sir, from your experiences, uh, from your expertise, why do you think establishments are not advocating for reusables now during the pandemic? During the pandemic, it is because we were not prepared. Basically, there was no preparedness. There is no standard aid. So this is the time where we can work together with the researchers and bring this issue up. And healthcare, healthcare facility is the one, one part, one sector where you cannot avoid plastic. If without plastic, there is no life. If you go have a need to blood, you have to have a PVC blood bag. It's a plastic. If you need an IV line, you should have a plastic IV line. There is no, no resource on that. So, so these are things, you know, so we have to be very careful about this. So, yes, there is a need, but they also should do some kind of a research side by side. Mahesh believes in research alongside introducing no plastic waste policies into industries that rely heavily on plastics, just like the healthcare sector. So this issue is, we cannot achieve this only by teaching our people to do it. We have to fight with the bins also. We have to fight in a polite way. Actually, um, the medical waste is uh, full of plastics. So um, what we are doing now in Nepal is we are categorizing the waste in such a way that as less as it goes to the landfill. Mahesh also explains that creating a system for landfills could only go so far. There are different seven categories of plastics and not everything is good good to recycle like that. But we try to minimize it as much as possible. And those which is used in in hospitals, we are disinfecting it, we are sending for recycling, not reusing it. What will happen to this when I'm done with it? Asking more questions, exploring more solutions, because only through individual efforts like you have taken upon with your organization, with your hospitals that you work with, it really already makes a huge impact. And once again, it goes back to just the simple fact of reducing waste, reducing what goes to the landfill and reducing what goes into the environment by thinking of thoughtful, mindful, and innovative solutions because they really truly exist. It just takes a little bit of effort, but these efforts pay off for centuries to come in so many different ways. I feel like we've only covered the surface here, so let's give in to the itch and scratch and scratch deeper. And we need a lot of hands on board. We need to involve businesses and legislators in the conversation and not just talk to a blank space. In continuing the single-use plastic versus reusable standoff, let's bring in Cheryl Ann Lowe to further talk about how reusables can be integrated by local businesses and, you know what, just the overall positive impact of reusables. Cheryl is the co-founder of Nude Zero Waste Store in the city of Petaling Jaya in Malaysia. Hi, hi, Tony. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. I feel... Maybe one of the most uh, common questions you get is, why did you decide to set up a zero-waste store? (laughs) Could you tell us your story? I think I hit the realization that uh, we were using too much, well, I I personally was using too much plastic and there was just so many disposables. The trash was really full and overflowing. Um, But also because I'm a scuba diver, 
And every time I dive, we always pick up trash. And it's trash on the beach, trash underwater. And then I was slowly, you know, kind of exploring different parts of the city where I can buy it without plastic that comes unpackaged. So I had my own little, you know, list. And then someone came up with the idea and said, why don't we bring all of that into one shop? Let's open a zero waste store. And I'm like, why not? Have you seen like concrete changes in the behavior or the attitudes of zero waste store customers? Like, do they only take what they need, for example? Do they buy in bulk? Like, what are the amazing traits that you see um, from people that frequent zero waste stores? So the kids would pop by and we'd have this package free biscuits and cookies. So they'd come in and we would use the opportunity to like um, educate them. We'll tell them because they'll come with nothing, right? They're so used to going out with their parents and the parents just picking it off the shelves. So we had to educate them about zero waste and, you know, why it's important to reuse as much as you can. So the parents would come into the shop and they're like, Oh, my kid told me about this place and you don't have plastic, you don't have packaging. How do you sell your stuff? And then, you know, it kind of rolled over to all the other parents coming in. And the parents are like, like, they were like, thank you. Thank you so much for, you know, teaching my kid about the environment and how important it is. So that, that was really heartwarming. But throughout the years, um, I think it was important to us not only to sell package free, but to make sure that our um, back end where the supply is concerned is also as package free as possible, right? So 90% of um, the supply that we get in the shop are local, right? Um, and we do a lot of returns and swappable containers. Can you tell us a little bit more how you do that? The the swappable containers, how does it, how does it work? Uh, what we do is we order from them in bulk, right? Uh, they'll prepare it for us and they will deliver them in reusable containers, right? We have display containers as well as storage containers. So depending on how much we order, it'll go directly into the display containers, which is then sold to the customers who bring their own reusables. So that completely eliminates packaging. It's such a simple concept, but that works so effectively. And it's something that it brings in collaboration, partnerships, really working together. It's not something that you can achieve alone. But when everybody does their part, it becomes effective in such a powerful way. All our skincare um, suppliers, um, they accept the used clean bottles because a skincare is quite a sensitive product, right? So we negotiate with them to make sure that there's an incentive or a rebate whenever the customer returns the empty bottle. So then they will either reuse, sanitize and reuse the bottle, which goes back into production, um, or they will send it for recycling. So circular economy is like, you know, we try as much as possible. So, so that's why we, we, we like to work with the local suppliers because it's great. It goes back into um, production, right? Zero waste is a relatively new thing uh, in Malaysia. Maybe it's about four or five years old. So you would have accumulated plastics. Like I get all my plastics from my mom, for example, right? Um, she's a little bit of a hoarder, which is fine. <laughs> but I don't want her to throw it away because it ends up in the landfills, right? So it does have its users, but just use it and keep reusing it and reusing it and reusing, which is, which is another reason why we um, incentivize customers for bringing in their used clean containers. So, and, um, and we, we give them back some money for it. You know, we tell them that you take care of it, you just rinse it out for us. 
and it goes back into production. So it gives them a value of taking care of their things and it slowly becomes a habit that is inculcated across all the containers that they use. When asked about disposable paper versus reusables, Cheryl has this to say. I know there's, there's a huge influx of, you know, now everyone's staying away from plastic, but they're coming up with disposable paper. So the question is, is that really better or is it worse? You know, because to me, if you ask me anything disposable with such a short lifespan really also uses up a lot of energy. So it's always best to use and reuse and continuously reuse what you already have. How is the reception uh, in your neighborhood to your zero waste store to nude? And do you see that maybe you might have started a very positive trend somehow where people might be following in your footsteps or how are they supporting you? Um, it's great. I mean, when we first opened, there wasn't a zero waste store in Petaling Jaya, um, but we always tell our customers not to be um, constrained by the idea of a zero waste store. And we always tell them that we're not imposing a minimum purchase order because we don't want you to buy more than what you need, right? If you need a teaspoon of, I don't know, be a, a teaspoon of, uh, of garlic powder, we'll weigh a teaspoon of garlic powder out for you if that's all you need because we don't want you to waste food, right? Because a lot of times when you go to the supermarkets, you have to buy it in packaging or in jars and you use a little bit because that's what your recipe needs and you pop it in the fridge because you want it to last longer and it just goes to the back of the fridge and a year later you're like oh i have that at the back of my oh no it's expired oh i gotta toss this out so you know food waste is also a, a an issue so we keep telling them like just buy what you need you don't have to buy more it's about kindness that's why i tell people that you know zero waste or the zero waste lifestyle really stems from being kind uh, kindness, being kind to yourself, being kind to the earth, being kind to animals, being kind to each other, you know. And I told them in this process of wanting to save the earth and, you know, help the environment, you have to remember to be kind to yourself. Because one of the biggest mistakes that I made was I was in the beginning of my journey, I was so angry and frustrated and like, you know, why is everyone using plastic? Do they not know? Are they not educated? Do I need to tell everyone how bad plastic is? And then I realized that, you know, it is a part of our lives, whether we like it or not. Everyone's on, on a different journey. Some people are aware, some people are not, some people can, some people can't. And, you know, I started being easier on myself. Oh my, Cheryl, you're one of my heroes. I love you so much. I'm so inspired by you and everything that you have just said. And I, and I can, it, it resonates so much with me, especially what you said once again about kindness itself or love, love for all creation and love for the planet, love for each other. Sounds easier said than done, but it is possible and it is one of the best solutions that we can find out there. Thank you for being with us today. We are so grateful. Cheryl Ann Lowe, Nude Zero Waste Store of Petaling Jaya, Malaysia. There you have it, Planeteers. I do hope this episode helps clear the air, figuratively. And in the future, when we have worked to seize plastic production, the Earth will benefit and it will really clear the air, quite literally. Another plastic myth has been debunked. A stubborn newly birthed myth about how single-use plastics are better in the time of the pandemic. We can be safe while being kind to this earth. It doesn't have to be one or the other. 
Now to recap, there are proper and effective ways to handle reusable containers. Reusables and refillables are not only advised during the pandemic, but the practice of not accumulating more plastic in your household is the best way moving forward in our new normal and for a healthy and sustainable future. The pandemic may have shook us, but also gave us a long pause to think and rethink our lifestyles. Push for refillables. Explore and support local refillable stores in your area. There might even be a refillable store near you right now, and they can help you start your mindful journey today. We'd love to know your thoughts on this episode. Comment on our posts on Facebook and Instagram, and make sure to tag us at Break Free From Plastic. Heads up on the next episode. Together, let's uncover the mysteries of petrochemicals. Ugh, just the sound of it's already given me the shivers. To learn more on this war on plastics, you can also watch the story of plastic with a newly minted Emmy Award. The great news is it's available to view for free on Discovery's YouTube channel. The journey doesn't end there, though. You can then take action in your community or school after screening the film. Just head on over to www.breakfreefromplastic.org to learn more about the documentary and the wonderful ways that you can take action. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Antoinette Toss reminding you that you and I can make a world of a difference if we only put our minds to it and also pressure your local legislators. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.